You're listening to the Gospel Project for Students Weekly Leader Training, helping you lead your students in their journey through the storyline of Scripture. Hey, welcome back for another edition of the Gospel Project for Students uh, Leader Training Podcast. Um, my name is Andy McLean. I'm the editor for the Gospel Project for Students, and uh, with me as usual is uh, Amanda Mejias. Uh, Amanda, thanks for joining me yeah, once again. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, and so, you know, we have been basically kind of working through the spring material for the Gospel Project for Students, and um, and yeah, it's been it's been good this far. Uh, hopefully, that these um, leader training podcasts are helpful for you as you prepare uh, week in and week out to to lead a group of students. And so, the title for this quarter is Jesus the Messiah. Uh, we are in Unit 19, Session 3 today. So the title for this session is Jesus, the Deliverer, is is Born. And so we're going to be looking at the birth narrative. And so if you've been with us, you know, um, up until this point, I mean, this is pretty kind of uh, <laughs> exciting because, you know, we have been waiting for basically a year and a half for, for, for this moment, you know, so um, uh, of our study. So we kind of journeyed throughout the Old Testament. We've been waiting for this, the, the, this promised Messiah to arrive on the scene. And we obviously know who, who that was going to be, but but uh, here we are now in the sort of the biblical storyline, and we have uh, the birth of of Jesus, the Messiah, and so that's pretty cool. So uh, we're going to be in Luke chapter one um, and in chapter two as well, kind of looking at the birth narrative. And uh, so, but first of all, we're going to start off by seeing uh, Gabriel approach uh, Mary about the fact that she is going to be the one who is going to carry. Uh, the the Messiah um, that that uh, that she was going to give birth to the Messiah that um, and so we we, we kind of see how that sort of narrative plays out and I think I mentioned this last week but this is an important point to not necessarily overlook and maybe camp out on for a little bit because we talked about Zechariah's response to the angel when whenever the angel approached him and said look your your wife is going to bear a son and he's going to be sort of the forerunner to the Messiah. And Zechariah responded, you know, with with doubt. He responded with a bit of an unbelief, and he questioned it all. And um, and so we have sort of that scenario, that narrative juxtaposed with this one, because we have Gabriel approaching this young teenage girl who's not married. She she's never known uh, intimacy with, with another guy, and and yet she is going to be the one that that gives birth to the Messiah. And so. And now her response is is one of faith, and so there's a bit of a contrast there. Now it's not saying that you know she doesn't have questions because of course she does. She does not understand uh, all what's going on. In fact, there's this quote at the top of page 25. I love this quote, and it's something that even if you don't use the first option, you can at least share it with your students. God is always doing ten thousand things in your life, and you may only be aware of three of them. And uh, and that that's so good. And and you know, obviously, Mary did not have all of the details. She didn't know how all of it was going to sort of work out or pan it or, or you know just work itself out. And and we see this sort of you know as we sort of look at these different narratives that she's involved in, how she keeps pondering these things in her heart and and kind of just wondering how they're all going to um, you know just sort of fit together. You know, and I, I feel like that that's a good that's a good something good for us as well. So one big takeaway is the fact that. When we're are when we're confronted with God's word, we're confronted with, with um, you know something that's just very uh, explicit within Scripture. Then, man, we should respond in faith and and not necessarily doubt or unbelief, uh, but but with faith, even though we don't understand how it's all going to work itself out. 
Yeah, I really loved um, how we really hit on the fact that Mary trusted the character of God. Um, And as we will continue to read in this lesson, um, God's people were waiting for this Messiah for so long, probably felt abandoned by God, questioned what is he doing. Um, And I mean, Mary had to be included in that. But yet when the angel approached her, she wasn't just saying, okay, well, my circumstances say this is impossible. She was saying, I know the character of God and I'm going to trust that and teaching our students that like we don't base our obedience on God based on our circumstances we obey him because of his faithfulness and because of his character yeah I think that's yeah so that that's the foundation for why we can right so Mm -hmm. uh, God's character and you know his his attributes just who he is he's good he's great Mm -hmm. and you know his identity that's why we can fully trust in him even though we don't know how all things are going to work itself out Mm and so yep um and you know it I think that it's just you know it's such an important point too to not sort of just gloss over the fact that God has always been about the business of dwelling among his people. He's always wanted to be with his people. Uh, you know, that was God's intention from the very beginning of creating man and, and, and woman in the garden. And we see him, you know, wanting to dwell among them there. We see God wanting to dwell among his people in the tabernacle, uh, in the temple. Uh, we see it, you know, even in Pentecost, as we'll get to it. But here, this is God's greatest example or demonstration of the fact that he wants to dwell among his people um, as is in the incarnation. So God becoming uh, like us, um, uh, taking on flesh. And so, you know, this is just a, a, a huge thing in our you know, worldview, right? So, you know, this is, this is, uh, and this is something that, you know, if you have time, you can kind of talk to students about, but, you know, this is, this, this is one point really among a few others, but this distinguishes us from every other world religion, every other belief system, the fact that God is, um, is in the incarnation, that he wants to dwell among his people and be in a relationship with us. And so there's lots of good things here in this particular session. I think, uh, kind of camping out on Mary's response. And there's some good que- Even that question, I think, uh, on page 26, the fact that Mary didn't know God's plan in full, but nevertheless she was willing to trust in God's character to work all things for good and how we can sort of do that, um, you know, today. Um, one other thing I was going to mention, that if you kind of keep reading on throughout the narrative in, in Luke 2, you know, we see how the shepherds responded and the fact that uh, we see this in the hand section on page 31. I think that this is a great application point. Hey, look, whenever someone encounters Jesus and, and they have sort of this life-altering, uh, character-transforming experience as a result, then they do things differently in their life as, as a result of meeting Jesus. They're transformed. They, 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 they don't go about doing the same things. They don't go back to necessarily fishing like Peter did or, you know, these shepherds. Yeah, they're going to go back to their flocks eventually, but they, they also went to tell others. And so uh, we see this uh, with the disciples on the road to Emmaus, uh, how they were going in one direction, but, you know, their eyes are open. They understand how all the scripture points to Jesus. And then they go back to Jerusalem to tell of the resurrected Christ. And so all throughout scripture, we see people just being transformed and changed uh, not only just inwardly, but outwardly. It changes their trajectory of their life. And I know that that's been true of me. I'm sure it's been true of you as a leader. And uh, and being able to, to help students understand that, you know, that vital heart change, but also that vital life change that results from uh, an encounter with Jesus. And so um, anything else you? Yeah, no, I think that's great. I think that um, 
I mean, teaching our students that when we encounter Jesus, we do encounter heart change, and that heart change equals a life change. It's not because we feel out of, you know, this duty that we have to, like, serve God. It's that we want to. We want to tell everybody about who we've encountered and how our lives have been changed and um, teaching our students of, you know, what that means of sharing the gospel with their friends. It's not like this thing that they have to do just to check a list um, off, but it is because of who they've encountered and who they've met through Jesus. And I think that just changes the way that students should view reaching their friends and it's a great opportunity absolutely okay well i hope you guys get something from this session as you prepare and uh we will see you here back uh next time for the uh for the following session thanks a lot for being with us thanks